Let me ask you a question. Do you have a deep knowing that you're only just scratching the surface of where you're capable of taking your business growth? Are you successful but have some invisible hurdles that are slowing you down? Business growth comes from creating and implementing strategies and frameworks, but strategies and frameworks on their own will not take you to the level I know you desire and are capable of. Living in alignment with your unique human design will help you to attract the abundance you are ready for. And I've just created a free guide to help you understand your unique human design blueprint. It's called the Human Design Advantage, and you can get your copy over at samanthariley.global forward slash advantage. I think people are getting more comfortable in their skin, what they're bringing, their genius zone. And because of that, it means then we can actually start on a great starting point this year. My name is Samantha Riley, and this is the podcast for coaches, course creators, and experts who want to grow their influence, income, and impact to take their coaching business to a million dollars and beyond. We're going to share the latest business growth, marketing, and leadership strategies, as well as discussing how you can use your human design to create success in business and life inside and out create the influence, income and impact you need to build your business so you can create your ideal lifestyle. It's time to make a difference and scale up. This is the Influence by Design podcast. Welcome back to today's episode of Influence by Design. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and super excited to be joined by my friend, very good friend for the third time, Kiri Marie Moore. How are you, Kiri Marie? Wow. Oh, oh my gosh. So many syllables. There's so many syllables. Well, I call you I KM. That's why. Carrie Marie. <laughs> yes. Yes. How I think are you? You know why? Because you also said my last name and I tend to go on social media everywhere as Carrie Marie because what I learned was that everyone could say my name when I just said Carrie Marie, not Carrie Marie more. That's what I tripped up on. There was like an extra M and an extra, uh, an extra little syllable there. And in answer to your question, I am doing awesome right now. I think I'm excited about having a conversation with you because I remember our conversation last year and was it the year before as well? I don't know. Yep. Yep. Starting the year off. And I think it's really funny because this is not your first conversation this year, but it kind of is a reflection of where I'm at and what's happening and what I'm seeing. And that is that, you know, just even coming on is a little slower because I'm sort of been under the radar in a little bit of a cocoon over January. And I think it's been really necessary. Mm. So this, like I mentioned, this is the third time we've been chatting on the podcast. It's turned into a bit of a habit of let's jump on in January, unpack last year, talk about the coming year. And I think that what I love about the episodes that you and I do together is this is like it's not put on, it's not we've prepared. It's like this is an inside view into exactly how you and I speak and chat normally. And so it's like we're just having a normal conversation how we normally speak. So on that, it could go anywhere. And it probably will. It probably will. So you mentioned that you're having a really slow start. Just ex- Can you just share a little bit of like what was your – like how did you come out of 2021 and what does this break, you know, like this Christmas New Year period look like for you? Yeah. Look, I think 21, we needed to go back and have a look at that because 
it was full on. I don't ever want to repeat it ever again. I didn't <laughs> you and me both. many moments of the year. But then there were, you know, a few little pockets and, and flutterings of blessings that I just go, it was amazing too. I held on to those little pieces and the biggest lesson that I learned from it was that I need to widen my tank and I need to be able to expand it and then to refuel that so that I have more to give out on because there was a lot of people, particularly in the sector of leadership, that I found leaders were giving out to their community so much. They were needing to have a lot of advice, a lot of strategies, a lot of time and things that are quite draining in my world, they needed a lot of that last year and my tank by the end of it. I worked right up to literally, you know, Christmas and then after and January came round and I stopped and the tank was really empty. I got sick. I ended up going back to to Sydney and, you know, met my husband back there and he was already sick and then I got sick on top of it and I kind of crashed with it. Hmm. But I think what was interesting and I think something that I've heard a lot about is that we're not good at refueling. We're not hmm. good at knowing how to keep the tank full, you know, full, filled up when we sort of, you know, giving out of And I think that was something that I looked deeply over January, going, how do I keep filling this up? What do I need to be able to do this journey really well and to be able to know that I've got lots in access? And and Mm. I think that was something that, Sam, I really noticed was so important for going forward was I don't just want to have enough for me. I don't want to have just enough for those that I love in my world. I want extra and Mm. what would I need to do and what would I need, you know, like what would that need to look like? And so Mm. that's kind of been my unraveling over January. And one of the things that I've noticed is, and I'm going to do this forever going forward, so you've heard it here, first time public, and that is that I'm going to take January off every year. Mm-hmm. And take January off means that it just gives me space to strategize, to think, to innovate, but in my own world, and I have nothing to do with the external. And mm-hmm. you know, from February to November, I will do interviews, I will do conversations, partnerships, you name it, but I need to tie up the loose ends in December and January needs to be off. Mm. I know that how much it had affected both of us when we caught up for our final lunch before Christmas and you and I were sitting there. It was pretty funny actually because we were sitting there without speaking and Ethan got dropped off and he came and said, why aren't you two talking? You two normally don't stop talking and we were just sitting in silence and it's a great friendship in the sense that it actually wasn't awkward for either of us, but we were both so exhausted. We just had nothing left in the tank. We only had the energy to, to eat and that was about it. And, you know, that did sort of go into a conversation about how things have to change. And definitely I had a conversation with my hubby, Leon, early in January saying something very similar to you. We've already booked three weeks off in that calendar for next year. So we don't forget that we need to take that extra time off and really spend time 
on ourselves and getting our, our energy back because as leaders, we're constantly giving out and you and I both have always talked about filling our own cup first, but I think that even we got caught out by the amount that 2021 drained us. And if we, we think back to our conversation that we had at the beginning of 2021 and we were saying, you know, that 2020 was hard and we thought 2021 would be harder, I still don't think that you and I realised how hard it was going to be. So what was your biggest lesson then from last year? My biggest lesson was that I need to simplify and I had already taken that lesson from the year before, so I'd simplified it at the end of 2020. And I felt like I need to do that and have been actively doing that even more because when there's only so much energy, then the, it can only go so far. And we don't want to, well, for me anyway, and I'm sure you've got something similar, we don't want us to do less or have less impact. So how do we still create more impact with doing less. That's yeah. definitely sort of where, where I'm at right now. But what about for you? What, what looks different for you going into this year? Yeah, so I'm really clear of where I want to go. So that's been, that's always my downfall is when there's chaos and when there's things that are getting thrown at me and I start going, oh, my goodness, I haven't prepared for the future or I haven't strategically got some pathways to go down. And I hate that fact when it comes on to me real fast and I'm not ready for it. So what I love now is because I've been in this cocoon, I've been able to take that time to really go, what is priority going forward? What mm. is it I'm willing to do? What is it I'm willing not willing to do? And I think, you know, I do that every year. But every year, this slight changes. The vision doesn't change. The shifts can be quite slight, right? And so just looking at even what I deliver for clients and then what am I going to do as the bigger movement and what am I standing for? What am I going to be really willing to give voice to this year? And, and I think that as I continue to evolve and grow, that that voice and what I'm willing to do becomes bigger. But so does expectations and so does what I have to deliver and so does what I have to bring on a daily basis. And so it's some of it's going to be face-to-face. -face. I do think that there is time for this moment and even if it's only in the environment that I'm in and the smaller inner circle side of my life. But I do think there's going to be some face-to-face -face components. Mm. And, and I think that that's important, not just for other people in my world, but for me as well. Yeah. I think I've really missed just little touch points of that face-to-face. -face. And I think that we can still create that a bit in our world whatever the world sort of throws at us right at this point and I think the other piece of it is my word this year is tribe and I just want to build out a tribe a tribe of exciting pioneering innovative leaders who are willing to keep standing up 
and give voice and use their platform. And I can't wait around for that to happen and to join someone else's. I've got to kind of just get on with it and, and really unite all these pockets of people in my world, mm. but bring it together in a way that really brings force to move it forward. We mm. can't do this on our own. And I've been saying that for years, but I really feel that tribe, culture, community, the collective is what, what this year is about for me personally and for my world. What about you? Totally. So what I, I've written heaps of notes because there was lots you said there. And I think what is interesting is, well, A, that you're an introvert and that is a big thing for you. That yeah. I just wanted to mention that. That's how how much people are craving this face-to-face interaction. But what I'm finding interesting is that over 2020 and definitely last year as well, people really like, it's almost like the walls went up. It's like, I just, I only have the energy for myself. I just need to focus in my own, in my own little area. I just need to look after my clients. And a lot of the partnerships and collaborations and a lot, a lot of that went out the window. And I've had a conversation with quite a few people over the last few weeks that all said, no, they just cleared the table and got rid of all of that. Definitely the conversations I've had in the last couple of weeks are, okay, we now understand what this new normal is, you know, and I, I do hate that new normal, but we do understand what what it's like now. We have found our feet. We are operating it, operating in it. We don't love it but we kind of know what to expect. We almost know that something's going to throw us off. Like we're so more, much more resilient and bounce back a lot quicker than probably any of us thought that we could. But everyone that I've spoken to, like it's all about let's get the collaborations up, the let's get the conversations up. I cannot tell you the amount of people that have sent me personal messages in the last two mm-hmm. weeks saying, oh, my God, I cannot wait to get back to a live event. I can't wait to be back in the room and, you know, and give you a hug and catch up and have conversations that we generally don't have over Zoom. Like we're still catching up, but the conversations are a little bit different when you catch up with people, you know, while you're having lunch. So I think that the world's ready to start resuming back into that, into that. And I feel like it's almost like we're going to, or we understand what we've been missing and we're going to collaborate more or understand more about doing things together rather than doing things in our own. Cause now we've really experienced what that was like. And it wasn't, it wasn't so much fun. So it's interesting you talk about that. And when I talk about face-to-face, and maybe this is the introverted side of me, but I don't mean that I want to go back into big events. I really don't. And, in fact, I don't think that is the answer anymore. What Mm -hmm. I do think is the answer is the real small intimate pod sort of concept and that it's the small that makes the bigger tribe that you're a part of. Mm -hmm. And I really think that this year for our me and my work is to build more of those pods out and connect people that are a part of a bigger movement but feel very intimate and very much people got their backs and are going to do the journey with them because I think that's the thing that I've missed is, you know, a lot of my world is, is across the world and not being able to have them in the same room of this beautiful little intimate group that I know every single one of them has my back at times has been very 
you know, it's not lonely. It's just it's that isolation mm. that occurs, but isolation going, this is hard work. This is like, am I the only one that's thinking like this? Am I, have I got it right in this moment? And I think when you've got those little pods happening, you've got a little bit of a support system that can kind of, you can pull on when you don't even have that capacity to do another moment of what you've had, you know, maybe it's been a tough couple of weeks and you just need other people to carry that just for a day, just for one day. And I think that's what we haven't had because we're doing it so much on our own and isolating. So I, it's funny going back to the, the face-to-face events and the bigger events, I actually find the noise crazy now. And mm-hmm. I find it's almost overwhelming when you've got a whole lot of people in a room. And, and I kind of go, wow, I've got so used to not doing this. What do you think that's going to look like? Because I think I'm not the only one that feels like that. I've heard mm-hmm. it even from my other half, who is a major extrovert. Mm, he's the biggest wow. extrovert I know. Wow, this is full on, just get me out of here. Yeah, definitely I've noticed that. I've been so used to, and because we do work at home and we're not going out into big crowds of people, I've definitely noticed that when I am out that I'm acting very differently. So that's really interesting. And that's what I was going to ask you. How has isolated, you talked about feeling isolated, not necessarily lonely, but isolated. How did that play out in for you personally and for your business last year? Yeah, I think the biggest thing around that is environment, right? Like, and it was, and you know this, having many a conversation with me, that environment is really important. And if you feel like your environment is totally supporting you, is, you know, gonna, is making you feel like giving you the space to be creative and giving you that, the, the support or the access to resources that help you to keep growing. I think we all feel awesome and are able to be really product, high productivity and high growth when we've got those environments. I think for me, part of that comes from the partnerships, the, you know, when I was speaking on stage, the learnings that I would and insights I would get from fellow, you know, colleagues, even though you might never see them again, you sort of learn from them in the room in the space and I was I got to a stage last year that I was just like so hungry to keep learning and I felt like I was grabbing every online training every and even to this day like every spare moment I'm still listening to many of the the courses I bought throughout the year and the reason I bought it was because I was hungry to keep learning and I think the the thing that I miss and the isolating piece was this sense of adventure, the sense of being pushed beyond my own boundaries, the sense of those moments when even though it's uncomfortable, you learn so much in. And Mm. I did something last year that I've never done before and I've never ever driven a boat and then I went out and got my boat license and then we went and bought a boat. And so, you know, part of my learning is driving this crazy ass boat but (laughs) you know what's funny about that and what I love about that was it was a skill that I did not have before it was something Mm -hmm. I had no idea about 
what I loved about it was I got a different skill. I got something new. And I think that was the piece that was isolating, going, how do we keep that going? Mm. What do we do in our environment that encourages that risk-taking or that adventure or that fun? And, you know, that that was the piece that I, I had to learn and had to evolve in. And I feel like I'm coming out of the other side of that now. Mm. I definitely understand at a very deep level what you're saying there because I get my creativity externally from whether I'm traveling or chatting to people or even at the coffee shop and I see something and it sparks something. And I found that when I was in my own little bubble in my office all day, every day, not seeing anyone, that I felt like I had no creative inspiration. I constantly felt last year like I was depleted and I was so unproductive. The amount of hours that I would sit there just like looking at a blank screen just going, I just, there's nothing in there. I felt like I just had nothing I to give. I thought that was just me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, it definitely was not. And I really wow. struggled, you know, even I looked at, you know, even on my blog and I sort of said to my team at the beginning of the year, we published a blog once a week the year before. Last year we published four. This has got to change. We can't wow. use this as an excuse. You know, we've got to be constantly still finding our inspiration from somewhere else. And I think I know that you didn't deal with it so much, but for us in Sydney being, and gosh, in Melbourne even worse, you know, being in lockdown for four months and not seeing anyone at all, that just absolutely crushed me. Mm. I just not seeing anyone, I really, really struggled to constantly be creating, stepping up, you know, because we still got to lead our clients who are going through exactly the same thing. So how do we stay inspired so we can inspire them? And I think that's why when it got to December, I was just like, I'm out. I tap out. I'm done. Yeah. I can't do this. And although I did notice last year that I was able to pick up books and podcasts, 2020, I just had no capacity. I couldn't. I would sit down to read and I couldn't even read because I was just so exhausted. I did notice that last year I was able to read more. My podcast listening went up exponentially last year. Yeah, so I was tapping more into who can I listen to, to that to inspire me, to, you know, give me the, not the will to keep going, but the inspiration, I guess, to, to do new things. So can I let you in on something? It was really weird. So yeah. I always have hated listening to myself, uh -huh. looking at myself on camera. I've done it all my life, but I I don't ever look at them once I've done them, right? Mm -hmm. My podcast, I have listened to it every time it's come out and it has inspired me and it has motivated me because I realised that the reason I brought out what I was saying and what I've been doing across the world was because I needed it and I didn't find it anywhere else. Mm. And so I actually began listening to myself and myself was motivating me. How weird mm -hmm. is that? Like seriously, I have never, ever been in that situation. Okay, it does sound weird, but here's the thing, and this I'm guessing this is what you're tapping into. When we're just a interviewing people or being interviewed or having these conversations, we generally say things that we don't 
consciously say at other times, like things come up. Mm-hmm. I often find that a new model or some sort of new process will come up or someone's interviewing me and I'll be like, wow, where'd that come from? Quick, write that down. <laughs> and so you're tapping into a part of yourself that you're not consciously aware of. Because I remember we had the chat at the beginning of last year that I was talking about, and I will put the link in the show notes for anyone that wants to listen back to it. I remember, actually, no, it was on your podcast. Uh, We had the conversation, your podcast. And I remember thinking, oh, that was terrible, Sam, because it was the first time that we chatted at the beginning. Yet you reached out and said, you should listen to it. And I, I actually listened to it while I was walking on the beach and went, wow, that was a really good conversation. It reminded me, it actually reminded me, yeah, you do come up with some good ideas sometimes. Exactly. That's so, what I'm talking about and that's what I'm going, isn't it interesting because we are, and I think this is as leaders, we are pouring things out. We are having to inspire. We're having to motivate. Maybe we should just listen to ourselves sometimes. Maybe we should let ourselves motivate us because it's already in us what we need, what Mm -hmm. we are working towards. And I can tell you when I listen to what I'm saying, I am then going, that's why I get up every day. That's what I'm going for. Man, I love doing this. Mm. And and it inspires me because I realise that's me, which it literally is me. And, And so why are we... I don't know. I, I think this something this year, and I think this is what this year is about for me as well, is I have it. I just got to use it. I just mm. got to take it. I just got to put, you know, know that this is what I'm about and what I'm yeah. doing for the bigger, bigger cause, need, vision, whatever you want. It is, but it all comes back down to going, I've got this. And mm. I, and I really do have it. And if I don't bring it, what will the world miss out on? Because I'm not willing to bring that out. And I think that's what's inspiring me. And and I also think Sam that this year there's a piece of it that I go. I just really want to do life well. You know, mm. I talk about an ecosystem and that we are part of an ecosystem. We build out our ecosystem, not a business model. And that means that everything that I set up this year has different aspects of my world that needs to be moving forward. By the end mm-hmm. of the year, when I look back, I want to know that, you know, I have mastered boxing, mm-hmm. that I have, you know, got literally a whole lot of different ones and I loved it because it was looking at me as a whole and what I can bring and what I need to bring and that's kind of exciting because it also means there's lots of learning to be done that is beyond just the business world. Mm. You, what's, I've also noticed that same theme of what you just talked about there from my clients Mm. of I don't need to learn anything like what you were just saying like I've got it all within me is a theme that I'm hearing from so many people right now so potentially you know some sort of energy I know you're not a big believer in all of that but you know that I am you know this (laughs) give me the face (laughs) I got the eyebrow so you know there's some sort of energy around where I think that people have just sort of got to the point where 
they've realized actually I've done all this groundwork it's time to really get into it now and it's definitely something that a lot of my clients have been talking about it's like okay everything that we've been doing for the past few years right now it's just about like simplifying getting consistent um, and reflecting and celebrating that's out the three things that we talk about with my clients all the time and that's you know just keeping things simple so people know what's going on being consistent so you can create some sort of replicable results and then reflecting so you learn and celebrating so that you're building up some sort of bank of evidence and we've been talking about just repeating this cycle over and over nothing new needs to come in anymore we've got it all and I think it's really cool that that we're all getting to that point and I wonder is it because I'm just surrounded by people that are kind of at a similar I guess place in their business or is it our age or you know are you hearing more about this from other people or are you still in your little cocoon <laughs> shall I stay in my cocoon because it's pretty cool uh, <laughs> if I'm to come out of the cocoon here's the thing that I am hearing yeah well here's the thing that I think is really important as well is that I think people are getting more comfortable in their skin what they're bringing their genius zone and because of that, uh, it means then we can actually start on a great starting point this year. What I think is interesting is, and something that maybe we've all got to do better, is how does that work together? And I think that's one thing that the leaders movement, when I think about the three things that that's about, I love what you just said on your reflections, on your things with your clients Mine is, what if we have more conversations, we then use our platform to give voice to something that narrows that gap from problem to solution? What can that look like? And I think that's what's really awesome is when people are comfortable in their own skin and what they're bringing to the table, maybe then we can bring it to the table. And we know that each one of us has a voice and we can add value to the, the conversation at the table. What I'd love to see is that people are having those conversations, they're coming to the table, but then something is actually changing. I think the last two years has given us breathing space to almost go, we don't need to bring more change, we don't need to. And I think we have to go enough is enough Otherwise, problem to solution is just going to keep widening. Mm. And I do feel very strongly about that this year, that enough conversations are starting. You've got to be willing to come to the, the table and have those. And I want to have more and more of those this year. So that's one of the things that's happening. But then it's got to be ownership. What are we taking from that conversation and what are we willing to do? Because I don't know about you, but one of the things that I have loved over the last couple of years, particularly, but also the four years before when we were traveling nonstop with our family, is watching the growth within my children. And I love, you know, some of the messages that I get, some of the thinking. I even love the, the nonstop negotiating from very strong <laughs> young females in my house. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's something I wanted, but, you know, sometimes it's not so fun. And But I do love it because here's the thing. Like I love the fact that this generation or the, the younger generation have so much to add. 
But I also go, how are we going to keep and what are we going to do to leave our legacies behind? And you talked about sort of getting older and all that sort of thing. This year for me, I'm hitting one of my biggest milestones, you know. and Looking uh, forward to it. It is going to be a big one. And so here's the, but I keep thinking about it because I'm like, why wait until that happens before you start mm. doing the next? Mm-hmm. And what would I want it to be that people are saying at the, you know, the big one? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we get to in life going, if we were looking back on our life, what is it we actually want people to be saying? What is it you want? those in your world to have thought that you stood for? What is it that you want your kids to take from what you have sort of installed in them to be able to be the best they can be? And I think that's what this year is about, is going, what can I put in place that is leaving behind the legacy pieces? Not just the now pieces, not just building a great business, not just having more economic sort of resources and tools and things like that. All of that is important. But it's also what are those legacy pieces I'm leaving for the generations to come? And I think we have to, as a collective, as a global space, we have to address that more this year. I agree. Leon and I were chatting last night over dinner. We were talking about legacy and, and leaving a legacy and I kind of changed it up and went, well, what if instead of we stopped talking about leaving a legacy and what instead if we talked about living our legacy every day, what wow. would then change? And it really changed the conversation because it just gives it a different energy. And I did want to bring this back. You talked about, you know, what we're bringing to the table. You spoke right at the beginning of this conversation about choosing your priority. So I want to bring all of that together for us to be able to bring to the table what we need to bring. We do need to prioritize, otherwise we don't have focus. How do you prioritize what you're going to focus on this year? Because I think a lot of people struggle with this, especially, you know, because there are so many options and there are so many things we could be doing and especially people that are really passionate about leaving a legacy and about, you know, helping so many people. But you know, how do we sort of whittle that down to focus in the right place? Yeah, I wish you had said this earlier and I would have got my thing and had it right here in front of me so I could speak <laughs> from wisdom right now. But I do literally have um, the, the it's, it's the growth cycle and part of that is the what I call the human intelligences that are the areas in which to focus in on. And so... You know, one of them is in my way that I teach things, there's what I call the the valid pathway and then there's the velocity pathway. And on the velocity pathway, those things help to make up the human intelligences. And so here's a valid one just to give a practical example. A valid one would be, what's one of the ones? Emotional intelligence, right? Mm -hmm. And, and that's valid. And we know that when we've got emotional intelligence, it helps us make better decisions. It helps us to be, you know, prioritizing things that maybe are the things we need to prioritize. In the velocity pathway, what I say is that there is actually a thing called effective intelligence. Mm-hmm. And when we can be effective, that means that we take our emotional and then we use that emotional to be 
growing more effectively, to be moving motivated more excitedly, to inspire in ways that are going to be more effective. It's all those things, you know, in a practical term, the hacks that I'm always looking for, right? Going, what is it that I can do so that I can speed up time or slow time down or, you know, streamline something so that I can get that effortless flow. And I think when you've got uh, effective intelligence, then you can actually, you know, do and play at a much bigger level. So for me, one of the areas in which I would set and I have literally in all of these intelligences that I think make up the human intelligence, I have set different you know, sort of shifts that I want to make within my world. And for me to be more effective, you know, there's things like my health. There's things like, you know, I I said it before about mastering boxing. That's not because I just want to be like awesome with a pair of gloves on, although that would be cool. That too, yeah. (laughs) And it's because actually... If I can get my brain working at a way that my body can just kick in and then my body just kicks in and my brain works and they are communicating beautifully with no problems at all and that speed that you need when you master something like boxing, then I'm going to be much more effective in what I can bring to the table. Mm, mm -hmm. And so that is actually what I've done. And I can make sure that I fling that through to you, what I've done, those different areas, and then what I've done as my goals, and then maybe people can set theirs. And and I don't say goals actually in my world, it's more like shifts, because I Mm -hmm. think that I'm already heading on that vision. Like Mm -hmm. it's not that I'm wanting to you know, go out and do this to be there and be that or anything. What I'm trying to do is just shift that dial forward. And so what are the shifts that will make me more effective that can help me to do this journey well and be able to live that legacy that I need to? So Mm. I love the way you explain that and definitely shoot that through and we'll pop that in the show notes because Kiri Marie's models are awesome and they really get you thinking in the right way. But you know, we think of ourselves as, as business owners and leaders, but the, it's not this little pocket of our life. Our life is everything. It's our relationships. It's our health. It's our wealth. It's, you know, it's, it's all the things. And definitely when we sat down to set our business goals at the end of last year, it was interesting how many other things that were in there which actually affects them of, okay, what does our health look like this year? What does our training schedule look like this year? And and I know that you do this too, but definitely setting those things in our calendar as absolute non-negotiables. And, the, and for us, they go in first. My personal training sessions are the very first thing that goes in the calendar every year, without a doubt. It's like they mm-hmm. go in there because I know that if I'm not training, I get, I feel sluggish. I can't think properly. I just generally feel like crap. So I, I make sure that we put the things in, you know, date night goes in there. That's a non-negotiable that yeah. always gets done because I know that if, if my relationship's great, then I can concentrate on the other things or I'm energized to do the other things. So, you know, we need to really understand that life is this holistic thing and that how much our personal life or the, the, I'll put it in air quotes, you know, the other things outside of business actually affect us as business owners and leaders. 
so well, much. That's part of the ecosystem, and that's that's why you know in the different intelligences, I have things that move my relationship forward. I have things that move my children forward. I have things that you know I have goals medically and physically and emotionally and spiritually, and all of those things because I know that when I am being and advancing in all of those areas that that means then that I'm going to be bringing it in a whole different level. And I think that that's what we have to do going forward. One of the things, you know, and I think this is kind of the big thing of this year for me, is how can I bring hope for the future? And mm. I think that's that's what I'm really looking at this year and building everything around that is how is this bringing hope? Because I think there's a lot at this moment that is not bringing so much hope that mm. you could keep diving back down into all the problems. You can see things. You're just grinding the hustle, whatever it is, right? And I just feel that many don't, you talk about just what is needed in the now. You talk about what is going to help you to, to get that next house or whatever it is. And those are all great things. But I think that what I love and what I want to make sure in my work this year is how am I bringing hope to the future? And particularly in my sector of leadership, so how am I bringing hope to the future of leadership? And because, you know, you know, when we both look forward to something, we get excited. Mm. We go, you know, when those challenges come and we go, you know, we can do this because we're aiming towards that. Actually, can I just jump in here because this is something that's really important and I want to bring this up. This is something that I think that both of us do really well is Mm -hmm. if we're feeling like really depleted, struggling, overwhelmed, all the words that both of us hate using Mm -hmm. because you can get caught in that that downward spiral. We do go through those times. I'm not saying that, (laughs) but we we do. (laughs) You know, damn, I left my cake behind today. But generally the first thing we'll do is we'll message each other and something that you have brought into my life and we I think that we do this really well and have done for many years is what do we need to do right now so that Mm -hmm. we've got something exciting to look forward to? And I think that I really wanted to jump in and say that because it's very easy to get caught in those downward spirals. And mm-hmm. I really love that even our very first conversation of, of the year was what are we going to do this year that's exciting that we've got to look forward to so that yeah. between now and, and you know, our, our 90 day goals or however set you set your goals, we're still achieving those, but we're doing it because we've got something to look forward to. I really wanted to touch on that because I think that that's been super, super valuable or something that you've brought that's really valuable into my world and I know that we do that really well. Yeah, and I think that to me goes, then it's all worth it. Then it's all like I'll do whatever it takes to make it happen, to get it happening. And, you know, I just was on the call before with, with our community and, it was really interesting because people were setting the next six weeks and then I just called them on it and I go, so now that you've set your next six weeks, why is that really important for you? Mm -hmm. What is it that you're looking forward to because you're doing and achieving that in your six weeks? Mm. I had to really think about that. But I Mm. say to you, Sam, I don't do anything without it 
being part of the bigger plan, part of the yep. excitement of I'm doing this piece because I know it gets me to this piece. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm talking about, the future. I think, you know, if we're not careful, the last couple of years can wreck us of thinking there is a future, let alone yep. a future of hope. And I think that is the exciting thing that when we start with a platform that is a little different, and this is, you know, I talk about this a lot about the new approach, this gives us the opportunity for new things to happen and new possibilities and for our future where it's been maybe a tough couple of years to be actually really awesome. And I'm Mm. not saying that I'm not going to have to work hard. I actually think I'm going to have to work really wisely this year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I do, and that's why I said I do feel that my tank needs to be more expanded so that I've got more overflow to give out from. But I am really hopeful for the future and for this year coming in front of us. What does hope look like for you this year? What are your grand plans for 2022? Okay, so going to the big celebration this year. So for anyone that's listening and and wants to know, because that's kind of an open loop there, it is my (laughs) 50th this year. Uh I can't believe I just said that, but it is. And, you know, one of my goals in my, my shifts in this year is that by the time I turn it, Sam, I want to look younger than when I started this year. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, so a lot of my my things that I'm working towards are things that are hopefully going to give me that more youthful look. So that's one of my things. The mm-hmm. other thing that when I think of the big 5-0 is I go, like I said before, I don't want to wait until I've turned it to go, now this is what I'm going to do. Mm. So, so this year it's like, you know, one of my goals that I set was I want 50 platforms that I'm speaking on or, you know, whether it's a face-to-face event, whether it's a podcast like this. And I just want to put numbers to it because it's like then I can go, look, I did this. This is great. Yeah. Imagine what I can now do that now I've turned it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so if you can start at that point, then I go, that's a good starting point. And so I've got 50 things that I want to do before 50. Uh, no so way. I-, I just started working on mine yesterday. <laughs> so, so that's definitely going to happen this year. And, and that gives me hope for the future. I really do believe that. I also think that, you know, like I said before, platform. I want to use my platform for a lot of impact this year as well. And so one of the things that I'm doing is the conversation tables or the conversations tables table and meaning that we're going to have a lot of different conversations and invite people to a table. And, you know, some of that's going to be the face-to-face with the Global Human Intelligence Forum as online one. I'm looking forward to those because I can, you know, I can keep talking about this and the need for it, but I'm just going to open up the space and I hope people will come and know they have permission to be at that table, but they can come. And so I'm going to open those platforms up for that. And then I really want... On the other side of it, like I said, a real movement happening, a whole lot of leaders across the globe being part of a tribe and knowing that we're not being isolated, 
knowing that no matter what's going on, there's future for us as leaders and that we can do this because, you know, a lot of us have had to pull a little deeper and, you know, we can do this and we can do it well. So, Mm. you know, really making sure that I build on the leaders movement and then of course some of the initiatives that'll come from that so Mm. again going back to how many conversations can we have that are really intentional what are you doing with your platform and then what are the shifts that are going to be the one percent and so those will be the markers of the leaders movement and build things around that love it the conversations, I want, I meant to bring this up before, but you have reminded me that I really want to talk about this today because it's a conversation that you and I have had a lot. And I think that this is a conversation that I really want to make sure that other people know that we've been having because I think it needs to, to be heard. There's a lot of talk around you are the, the average of the five people that you surround yourself with. And I very much believe that. Where do you find the, the, I guess the, the, gap in the sand or the line in the sand between surround yourself with only the right people and putting yourself in a vacuum and only believing that's the thing that you hear because I think that this is something that's really, really jumped out to me last year more than anything and I think that it needs to change or we need to be very aware of this, especially moving into this year. How do you sort of broach this? By the way, Sam, great question. And uh, <laughs> no, I really think it's a brilliant question because I, you know, I've been working really hard to to try and find the answer to this question. And I think one of the things that I can do is I can open up the platform to invite people to a conversation. I can't force anyone to come to a conversation. I can't force that conversation on anyone. But we have to have different distinctions at that table. So one of the things I am strong on is that at these tables that I've got things called open conversations, I've got growth conversations, and then I can't remember the third one. You'll have to contact me if you want the third one. (laughs) I really can't remember it right now. And but so open conversations means that anyone can come to those those conversations and and that means anyone can come to it because i think we need to be willing to have conversations where we don't know where that conversation is going mm-hmm. i know how to navigate those conversations i've got frameworks to take us through those but whoever is at that table will actually help to bring that conversation to wherever it needs to right mm. now i think we need to do that Again, I can't force people to come to those conversations, but I can open up a platform that people can come to. Your choice, whether you come. Then I think there's what I call growth conversations, and these are around particular topics or themes or whatever it is, right? And so they will be more targeted at people who are really interested in that. So an example being is that I've already asked one of my good, amazing friends and colleagues from America to come and be the guest speaker at this particular conversation and it's to get more women at the table. Mm-hmm. Now, when I say more women at the table, that doesn't mean that it's just for women. It could be people that work with women, could be associations that 
have or want more women at the table. It could be those that are working with just women. It could be someone that is a male that is going, hey, I'd love to be able to know how I can work better and more effectively Mm -hmm. by asking more women to the table. And so that is really based around the theme. Because I think that this is, and this goes back to what I said earlier, that we have to have conversations that are tough this year. We Mm -hmm. have to address some of these things and go, well, I can see this is happening. We need to have it. Now, I can't have every conversation because then I'd be having conversations and events every day of my life. And let me tell you, I will die if that's the way I have to do it. <laughs> like I just will not. There's only so much energy anyone can pull together. <laughs> so one of the things that I've done is I've gone out to the community going, what is it you want to hear? Now, here's the funny thing. I think it's really interesting. People will go murmur quietly behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But when you do it as a public thing, people are scared to tell me what mm-hmm. it is they want to hear. What is it that they're seeing? And I think this is where any of the listeners that are listening now, when I ask those things or when you ask those things, we actually want to hear it. So, again, we can invite people to the table, choice whether they come. I think the next piece is when we ask questions, when we're wanting input, when we're wanting people to have a voice, we as the collective, as the community out there, need to have a voice and use our voice. Mm. So I think there's that need. And then the third, which I think is really important, is we've got to strategically go, what is it that we can shift that forward by narrowing that gap, not widening it from problem to solution? And I think that comes to, at those conversations, what are we going to own as an individual as a collective, and then what are we going to own as as moving it and shifting it forward for the the global space as well? Mm. And and that's what all and everything I'm about is going to be about this year. Totally, I think that you know we saw a lot of divide, especially on social media this year. <laughs> of people are like, "This is what I believe, and I don't believe everything else." And I I think that as and I'm talking very generally here, but as a race, we've lost the art of debate and debate is how we learn and how we can grow. And I would personally love to see that coming back and so much more less of you don't believe what I believe. So, you know, shut up or go away or I'm going to block you because I don't want that in my world. I do understand also that we need to protect our space or our energy because, you know, you can get caught in that. But I would definitely like to see this art of debate coming back into my world a little bit so that we can actually have proper adult conversations and not see so many conversations of like people acting like little two-year-old children having a temper tantrum. Look, I think, and that comes down to like I've thought about the one-day thing and I think about doing like one-day debate kind of concept and and bringing sort of like that open space to do it. But I think you have to be totally ready for it. I think you have to know who you are. I think you mm. have to know who your tribe are and know that you're not going to be, you know, loved by all. Mm-hmm. And I think there comes a point if you're going to do things like that, 
that you are so confident in your own skin. And mm. and it's funny because even though I have conversations around race and all sorts of, you know, different topics, but I bring the race one up because we've had this conversation a lot, mm-hmm. that even I've wondered where I fit in on the conversation because I'm not black, I'm not white, I'm actually mm. kind of brown. But then if you wear the sun don't shine, I'm not so brown, you know? So <laughs> it's like, where does someone like me fit in on that conversation? Mm. And I think this is where we've got to go back to. We've got so many different areas that we can talk about, debate on until we're black and blue. But I do want to go back to this. And I think that this is, you know, what what my whole teaching and everything is about, but it's like us as a human race, what are we going to add value? Like what is it if all we are doing is segregating, dividing, bringing distraction in what we're saying, how we're communicating, what we're putting out into the the universe, whatever. You know, I was just using that because I know that's the kind of word you use. Yeah, yeah, I like that word. I was. I did. Did you see my ears like like twitch there? That was like one of my moments. Hang on a minute. She used the U word. I know. Seriously. You guys, you heard that. It's recorded. (laughs) You know, but in all seriousness, that how do we take that and now roll with that? And Mm. I think that's what we've got to do better and I'm ready for it, but you have to be really ready for it. And I've sort of dipped toes into the water a little over the last few years. And at times it has really drained me and really Mm -hmm. been difficult. But I've got nothing to lose and much to gain by, you know, standing very strong in what I believe is is going to help and add value to the human race so Mm. that we do have the generations and the generations to come and that they have what they need. I love doing the journey with my children. Mm. Every time I hear them say something or do something that, you know, has come from my mouth, (laughs) it's like sometimes that's a good thing, sometimes it's not. Mostly (laughs) it's a good thing. You know, it's, it's a proud moment for me because I go, I'm living it. Mm. And now my children can live it and now they can take some of those things and springboard off that. Mm. If there was one thing I learned from having older generational children was, you know, this mama bear of doing everything, being everything, saying all the right things, doing all the right things, looking like everyone else, I actually didn't serve my children in the best capacity that I could have. Mm -hmm. And I am so glad that I get to do it with my younger generation because I have a younger generation who now are really independent, who are good at asking questions and good at being self-motivated and knowing what they want and what they don't want and also are a really caring Mm. like human beings Mm, definitely definitely 
So Conversations is your thing. 2021, you launched two podcasts. Can you share a little bit about them? And congratulations, by the way. A lot of people don't launch one, let alone two. Within a month even, I'm pretty sure. Tell us a little bit about the two. I don't do anything by half. No, no, you don't do anything by half. That's why I love you so much. Oh, my God, I actually said that out loud. Oh, my gosh, did you guys all hear that? Uh, two two um, lawyers on this podcast, universe. Absolutely. Wow. We are uh, growing up. I know, aren't we? We're I adulting well. What the question was Your podcasts, what are oh, they? Yeah. And tell us a little bit about them. Yeah, so conversations, conversations all the way, right? And that's what it's about. And, and you know, one of the things that I've always said is that we've got a role model. So, you know, I, I'm an introvert, as we've said. And so for me, having conversations with other human beings that I've never met before, have no idea what you are interested in and, and how I can serve you is actually kind of daunting. And so, you know, me being kind of strategic in the way that I work was like, how can I have conversations where it covers that, maybe could help someone else, but it also role models the fact that we can have conversations with anyone and learn from other people. Mm. No matter where they come from, you don't have, if you don't bring in your biases or your conditionings. So that's what came out of with the decision table. And I love that. Like it literally has been so many conversations with so many awesome humans that I've never, in most cases, never met before in my life. And so I definitely have no biases or conditionings that I come in on that. I've not prepared. I don't even know who they are or where they've come from in most cases. And I literally, it's so funny because I get them on the, you know, we're about to go on StreamYard and they come on and I'm sure I see that look so many times like that. They're like, she's going to tell me what she, you know, she wants and, and what we're going to do on this. And I go, is it okay? Are you ready for me to press live now? And you can see it on the faces. <laughs> like, uh-oh. They're saying yes, but their face is not. <laughs> and I go, great, before they can say anything else and I press live. And I love it because here's the thing. I think even if I'm not going to have another conversation with that human being again, that someone else and myself can learn from this conversation. And so that then gets put into a podcast. I am going to actually do that as a live show on the road one day. And I can't wait to do that because I think imagine doing that across the globe. It would be a lot of fun face-to-face. And that has been really, really an amazing growth thing for me. And then the other one, which is true, true to my heart, is the Global Human. So that was the Decision Table podcast. And then the other one is the Global Human, well, it's Global Human Intelligence podcast. And honestly, it's combinations of some people that are spoken at the forum that I have, and they get to, to talk about you know, some topic, like you said, how do we hear about these things? What does it sound like? Well, I give them the space to talk about whatever they need to and feel that is the thing that we need to hear. So we get to listen to some of those things. I've got this podcast that I do after that, and I call it the Reflect. So I reflect on what they've brought out and what I've got from that or some things, then and some of the and then I take it into insights and I go. Here's some of my insights. Here's some of the insights that I got from it. 
And then the third thing is actions. Here's some actions you can actually, because I think some of the time we hear these big complex things mm. and we go, how do we even just put it into our everyday? How do we put it into our businesses, our organizations, our companies, whatever it is, and build it out in culture? So I give really practical ways in which you can do that as well. And, and then, of course, I get to meet some pretty phenomenal humans across the globe. And I want you to be in part of that conversation. And so, I just press, you know, record and and it's like you're sitting there with me having a conversation with that person and I'll do the reflection one after it and insights action one. So it's a nice little combination of a few different ways of doing it and it's been amazing and I'll give kudos to you and your beautiful husband for the work that you guys have done to make sure that that gets out. Thank you. We love it. Our team loves it. We on on our team meetings, it's always interesting. Our content writers will always, you know, they'll share what was good this week. And I can't believe the amount of times they actually share on so-and-so's podcast, I learned this. Mm. And I think that's really great because we've, as you know, we as leaders, we're putting these podcasts together, we're having these conversations, we're purely thinking most of the time about our audience and not realizing the reach that our voice actually has and yeah. for my team to then come to the calls going, oh, you know, so-and-so was talking about this and this inspired me. There was one of your episodes that came up in one of our team meetings and whatever the takeaway was, this particular team member was taking it for her daughters. And I was mm. like, how cool is that? And we don't realize sometimes where, where our influence goes. So, you know, we do need to step up and have these conversations because you just don't know who's going to hear it and whose life is going to change out of it. But I also think, Sam, just taking that a little bit, what you're just saying there, is it's about voice too. It's like, well, <laughs> what are we giving voice to? So we can have conversations, but I think we do need to be clear. What are we giving voice to? Because mm. are we actually adding value to the table? And I think sometimes people are talking from a hole in their head that <laughs> uh, maybe they shouldn't be giving voice to mm. because it's not adding value. And I think... There's skills to that in the way that we can do that. So, of course, that's by working on your intelligences, being smart people that actually have smart data that then use it in a smart way. But I do think, yes, we've got to have more conversations. We've got to have smarter humans making smarter decisions at those conversations. And we've got to give voice to things that are going to add value. Mm, Love it. Love it, love it. Well, Kiri Marie, it's been an absolute pleasure catching up for our what has turned into an annual event. I guess I'll see you here on the podcast next January. <laughs> you will, and we'll get you on mine about halfway through the year to have a conversation around whatever we have a conversation around. Because that awesome. was really good, by the way. That was I remember listening to our conversation on on my podcast and I was walking and trying to avoid midges actually. So for uh-huh. anyone that's not from Australia, like I don't know, maybe they have it in their country, but I learned there's these little black dots that you never even know. It's like the the invisible invader and they come <laughs> after you. And they really come after you. And for people like me, you then come out in all these welts. But anyway, that aside, I was dodging the midges and listening to our conversation. And, you know, one of the things that I think was so powerful about our conversation, Sam, is the fact that 
we can talk about anything and everything. There's no judgment in it. Mm. We will call each other on things at times mm-hmm. because even in that conversation, I think I said, oh, yeah, yeah. like, so yep. because we haven't done that on this one, we've been really tame. We've actually I been am, exceptionally tame. <laughs> I know. And we've even said some beautiful things to each other, which is <sighs> kind of weird for us, but yeah. it's not really. It's not really. <laughs> Listeners, we do do that. But, or and, I do want to take over this podcast for a second. First, I want to say thank you for using your platform to give voice to many, you know, particularly business owners who probably feel they haven't had a voice. So thank you for your work. And I know you work hard to bring it. You've worked, like I, I've said this to you personally that, you know, you literally take a lot of, like you take a lot of your time out for other people. Mm. And I hope this year you take more time for you. That's one thing as a friend and a colleague. But the other side of it is, when are you writing your book? <laughs> ah, I nearly said it before and I was like, are we going to actually call each other I out? So we, we have, have to get to these books stand. done. Uh, so the backstory of this is Kira Marie <laughs> and I went, had a beautiful week in a beach house back in 2018 to write our book and neither of us have finished our book, <laughs> which is crazy because we actually spent that whole week writing and have spent so much time writing since. We really okay, need to. I'm going to give myself a, a little bit of, you know, kudos in this. When I wrote that book, it was about isolation that I saw. It was. It was an epidemic across humanity. Well, Before there was a pandemic. Correct. And then the pandemic hit and I go, I can't write about isolation because everyone's going to think it's about the pandemic. Yeah. So I did have to evolve and I'm ready to write that book and I have to write that book. I have no choice. It's got to be out. So yeah. when are you writing your book? I am in the middle of, well, actually not in the middle because I am writing it because I'm in the same thing. It's been a very, it's been a big evolution for me as well. I don't understand. Okay. Anyone that's not watching this and just listening to this on a podcast, you're missing the facial (laughs) faces that I am getting on the other end of this camera right now. Well, she yeah. is squirming. I She's am like, squirming. Dude, I'm never letting her back on here. Again. My, my palms are sweaty. My heart's racing. Me too. Me too. <laughs> anyway, so back to you. Back to you. Yes, no. The, the book needs to happen definitely this year. I had said quarter one, but I'm going to take that pressure off and say 2022. And the only reason I'm going to take the pressure off, and I think that this is, you know, We've got to be really careful, and this is why I asked you sort of about priority. We've got to be really careful that we don't burn out as well. Like what's the – they're all important, but how do we make sure we touch on the most important? And, yes, my book's important, but there's – as you know from behind – you see behind the scenes, Sam, don't roll your eyes at me. (laughs) You know how much we've got going on behind the scenes. (laughs) I hear from Sam's mouth that it is priority. So I am encouraging here in front of everyone here that this priority comes to the priority, myself (laughs) included, by the way. I've got to get it out. I've got to have it for May. 
So I have to move on that. There you go. So virtual book writing between you and me. Let the listeners off the hook while we argue about this. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's always a pleasure talking to you, but to be able to catch our conversations on record and everyone else gets to have a little insight into how crazy we are is always so much fun with you. So thank you. Thanks for all you do as a friend and for all you do as an amazing leader. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Influence by Design podcast. If you want more, head over to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast for the show notes and links to today's gifts and sponsors. And if you're looking to connect with other coaches and experts who are growing and scaling their business too, come and join the Coaches Course Creators and Speakers group on Facebook. The links are all waiting for you over at samanthariley.global.